The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. In the darkest, worst weekend of football we've had in like four years, I'm Ralph Malbro. We are brought to you by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was exciting Saturday, and then it was probably a morgue, uh, but they have 136 draft beers. They have a 50-foot television. They have everything you could ever want. And you needed it all. You needed it by intravenous drip. For the LSU game, we might touch on that. The, the Pelican House. 25- no, I quite enjoyed the LSU game. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, listen, listen to Dave sticking out his chest because Tulane beat, beat old tough Houston. <laughs> they, they nearly gagged it away. They did. They, they, did. they tried really, really freaking hard to gag that son of a bitch away. Uh, but they weren't, they weren't as successful as the Saints and Tigers. No. That's right. That's um, right. And Darian Monroe is leading the voting over Rob Gronkowski for Sports Center's best of the best play of the week oh i didn't see this what did he do he had like a one-handed interception as he was falling to the ground it was pretty sweet yeah oh nice all right so andrew i'll start with you uh the i'll start with the with the hail mary uh just your overall thoughts uh no no real qualms with the call I mean, I thought it was the right call. There was hand extension. Uh, the defender sold it well. It was definitely a flop. That was um, soccer. Le- that was European. Yeah, that quality. that was yeah, and you know he he should he should be embarrassed for for doing that. But you know he goaded the call. He got it. You know, in fact, if it was one of our players that did it, I'd, I'd probably be uh, be psyched. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be <laughs> I'd be happy about how well he sold that. So. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's a penalty either way. If he doesn't flop and a flag's thrown, I, I still don't have a problem with it. But I think that the flop definitely helped to goat the call. Um, but um, look, I mean, the league put an emphasis on it, and they're going to flag that. So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, at the ver- at the very crux, I mean, you know, Andrew's right. Kevin, I mean, uh, Graham did extend his arm, and I mean, it was right in front of two officials. Um, yeah, you two know, years ago, they're probably not throwing a flag, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think I think the thinking by Graham and, and probably by most people is 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 that the the refs are on a play like that late in the game, the refs are probably going to swallow their whistle because they're not going to want to make a call that's going to determine the outcome of the game. But 
I, I think it was it was so obvious and, and, and egregious in that case that they really they had to call it. I, what's I think probably the most frustrating thing about the whole thing is is that Graham probably didn't have to do that. He probably you know, would have caught that ball. He was the tallest that guy. That play in- seemed like a clusterfuck for San Francisco. Like, they were completely not in the correct defense for a Hail Mary, it looked uh, like you to know, me. That, I mean, they, they certainly were were outmatched in height. I mean, Jimmy Graham was definitely the tallest guy down there, and the ball was well thrown, and it was placed where Jimmy could go up and get it and come down with it, and nobody else was going to do it. And I feel like even if that defender was... On top of Jimmy, I, I think that he would have gone up and still come down with the ball. So, I mean, I think that's what the most frustrating thing about it is. And then, I mean, and if that's how the game ended and, and, and if the Saints won the game with a successful hammer like that, that would have been, I mean, that would have been incredible. It would have, it would been, have been a bu- it would have been a bucket list moment for Saints because the Saints have never won a game on a Hail Mary, I don't think. They've had, yeah. they've had a couple Hail Marys at halftime in my life, but they've yeah. never won on a Hail Mary. And 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 it would have and it would have I and I hate to play this whole what if game but I mean it it would have continued the momentum that the Saints had built up to that point um, and I, I really and truly think if if that pass had been completed you know they could have gone on you know they could have rode rode that wave and gone on to to beat Cincinnati this weekend and 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 the Ravens and and maybe even move to seven and four and and, and now they're back in a hole and trying to dig themselves out. Uh, Kevin, the Colin Kaepernick play, how much of it was mm. the Saints secondary being the dumpster fire that they are, not counting Keenan Lewis, and how much of it was just Colin Kaepernick just making a throw that like, only he, Aaron Rodgers, and Jay Cutler can make as far as arm strength? Oh, um. Yeah, I still got to I still got to blame the goddamn secondary. <laughs> goddamn secondary because it's one thing. Look, you can't let people get behind you. Right. And that, yeah. Right. I mean. Like Kaepernick, you know, Kaepernick got loose or got free from the pocket, was running around, running around. And you know, if it was if if he was close from the get-go, and then somehow shook loose from Corey White. That would be one thing, because then you could make the state. Then you could make the argument. Well, you can't expect the, the secondary to guard a, to shut down a wide receiver for you know six seven seconds. However, it felt it seemed almost from the word go that the guy was blowing by Corey White, and Corey White was doing his usual. Oh, I'll play five yards in front of him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's I. It just occurred to me, Corey White is the uh, concave Jason David. <laughs> like Jason David would would have the five yard cushion. Corey White plays five yards in front of the guy, and neither is acceptable. <laughs> he's, neither he's, works. He's 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 he's, uh, he's not Bizarro Jason David because Bizarro Jason David would be good. So that is a good comparison, Kevin. I'm glad you're back. It's been about three weeks. That's why we have you on this podcast. Uh, I missed them. <laughs> Andrew, 
Uh, I feel one of the things that me and Kevin touched on in the pocket. We were just we were just kind of I was really wait drunk. wait wait is that, is that all we're talking about this play? We're, we're not done talking about this play. Okay, hold on. Well, no no. I, Good God, Cam Newton is awful. <laughs> you suck, Jesus. Well, Dave, what I mean, what what did you in, in the dome? I had a set when when Cam when when Kaepernick scrambled right. I had a play from about 15 years ago of young Brett Favre flash in front of my eyes where he hit Sterling Sharp on a bomb, basically the same way, but Sterling Sharp scored a touchdown. What did you what What did you see in the dome, and what else do you want to touch on for the play? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not first of all I'm not surprised that they completed that that fourth and, and ten, fourth and long, whatever it was. I, I I mean, I felt like every time the Saints defense got the Niners, this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, with their backs against the wall, you know, like on a third and long, the Niners were completing some 10 or 11-yard pass uh, down the sideline to, that's the only, to Crabtree. Or, that's the or, only pass Kaepernick completed on that drive, though. On that drive, correct. Yeah. But, but I, but I, I mean, I can't. I was getting so sick of that third down <laughs> siren, which, by the way, we need to get rid of. Um, but I mean, you know, there were multiple drives where it was just like you kept hearing the siren because the defense kept holding the Niners to third down, and then to, or, and, and even third and long situations, third and ten, third and nine, and then giving up the first down, and it was so frustrating. And it, and it seemed like they were always passes uh, along the sideline. Uh, but to answer your question, I mean. At the game, watching the play, I mean, I'm not watching Corey White and I'm not watching the defensive backfield. I'm watching Kaepernick. I'm watching him scramble. I'm watching him roll out. Um, and I'm hoping that I think it was Akeem uh, Hicks, you know, gets to him in time or forces a throw, gets in his face or something. Um, he doesn't do that. And so when I got home, I, you know, I, I had to, I went to a party immediately after the game. But after that, when I got home... I watched the game on TiVo. I was like, I have to watch, I have to watch that play over, and I have to watch the Hail Mary because I have to see what happened on both those plays. And my wife's like, Didn't you already see this? I'm like, Well, yeah, but I, I didn't see it on TV. I saw it in person. And I mean, what I, what it seemed like to me, as far as Corey White is concerned, I mean, it, it just seems like he was staring into the. It seemed like he was watching Kipe Kaepernick as intently as I was watching Kaepernick. How much? Well. Andrew, how much yep. of the, how much of this was Corey White and how much is Vaccaro? I actually don't think it was on Corey White. I think they were in a two deep shell, two deep safeties, 
and they were running quarter zones. And I think Corey White ran with him until he got to a point where he got behind White, and then White was assuming that Vaccaro was going to pick up his man. And you could see, uh, you know, you could see the angle from the TV on the replay. You could see the aerial view where. where Vernon Davis on the middle of the field, maybe 30 yards down the field, starts to become open. And as Kaepernick winds up to throw, Corey White and Vaccaro both kind of converged on him. And I thought that that was Corey White's quarter, where you know it was Corey White's responsibility to pick up over the middle of the field. Unfortunately, Vaccaro went for him too, and he's the, he's the high deep safety. And so that's where Crabtree was able to slip underneath both of them and get behind them and make that big play. And so for me, I mean, that, that, that when you're playing a high deep safety in that situation on fourth and 10, when it's basically a prevent defense, um, for me, that's on Vaccaro. And well, so here's, I, the th- here's, here's the question that I wanted to ask you is, and about that is I feel like, look, I'm not going to say Corey White or the other corners have been uh, good or, or anywhere near what they need to be. But I feel like, on the internet and on Twitter and everywhere, Vaccaro is not getting enough venom and no, he anger doesn't get a lot of criticism for being fucking terrible. He's been awful this year. For, and, and look, there, there's plenty of – look, Corey White was bad in that game. So if you want to condemn him, uh, you absolutely should. I mean I, I definitely don't think he's free of blame here. I'm merely just pointing out that that one play specifically – I don't think that was on him. So if you're if you're looking to point your anger towards someone uh, for that one play in particular, in my opinion, that's more on Vaccaro. Um, but I will say this also about Vaccaro. I tweeted this earlier from Saints Nation. PFF, um, Pro Football Focus, um, lists him as the number one player in the entire league with 15 missed tackles this season, the most in the NFL. So, you know – even if you can forgive the fact that, okay, maybe he's not a great deep center field safety. That's not what he does best. He's better around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's better tackling. He's better in the slot, whatever. He's not even doing making. He's not making his tackles. Well, yeah, so I think right now Vaccaro is a shell of his former self. He's having maybe. an awful, miserable season, and he is as big of a part – and the Saints, uh, you know, I, we can talk about the number two corner. Patrick Robinson was awful for a while. Uh, Corey White has been awful stepping in for him for the most part. Um, but Vaccaro deserves as much of the blame as anything. I mean, you, you just you, you you just said he's bad at tackling, but he's <laughs> but he's good when he's up at the line. And, and well, no, I mean, last, to... la- last year he was good at tackling. Right, I mean, but, last but, year but he missed year. like three tackles for the whole year. And that's right. supposed to be his strength. But well, this the, year, I mean, obviously year, his ankle is affecting him. Right. Well, so, so, so this year, his his strength is playing up at the line and and being a blitzing safety and and. But I'm but not he's, sure but he has a strength this year. But he's missing. <laughs> well, it just, just it just to me it sounds. If I didn't know any better, it sounds to me like you're describing Roman Harper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he's playing like. Kevin. Um, obviously, Roman Harper took his skills and with him to Carolina because he somehow has three picks. And uh, Vaccaro, I guess, I, I, maybe it's like a what was that movie Face Off where Travolta and Nicolas Cage <laughs> and switch switch bodies and faces? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. think that's what happened. I'm sure Kevin has some insight about that movie. <laughs> and I'm sure Dave has never seen that movie. I have actually. Oh my god! 
Oh, you've seen that, but not The Godfather. Okay. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, Kevin, we talked about it yesterday on the the post game about Keenan. I, I feel like the the of all the things besides getting cheated out of the Hail Mary, the thing that made me like the saddest about yesterday is Keenan Lewis was playing on one goddamn leg and he was making plays. And if the Saints win, it goes into like the pantheon of like really cool, fun memories. Oh my God. What a God awful pick. Pick six by Cam Newton. God, <laughs> he sucks. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. You want to reevaluate your, your Carolina Panthers getting the nine wins? You want they're re- down they're now down thirty one to seven and it's not even half. No, but when we went through the games I said they would lose to the Eagles, so I'm not surprised. Oh, okay. But Kevin Kevin, back to Keenan Lewis. Um, yeah, I was just no, I was just gonna say that uh that I mean, I finally saw the picture of his knee today. I mean, the man had a fetus growing out of his knee. <laughs> he had a fetus. <laughs> and kept playing. Out of his knee. My, and, and, my and wife said fr- the same thing. I mean, frankly, you know, like, good lord, man! All the all the uh, the, the, the guy shouldn't have to pay for a drink. Rob Ryan should take him down to Miss May's and uh, get him good and liquored up and. I don't know. What? I don't, know. I, I don't even think doing a yeoman's job. I, I don't even think his knee was that swollen. I just think it looked that large in comparison to the skinny little twigs he calls legs. <laughs> ever, man. I mean, he has he has this he has like the skinniest legs I've ever seen in my life. I, I noticed like that. Gonna, at, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I noticed that at uh, training like camp. Breeze. When I saw him at training camp at uh, the Greenbrier and, you know, I, I talked to him for t- two seconds and was about literally a foot away from him, I thought to myself, this has got to be the only player in the entire league that has <laughs> smaller legs than I do. Andrew, but what does it say? What does it say about the Saints that they carted him off and were like, he's out of the game. He's not coming back. And Keenan Lewis on one leg – Played, and I was fine with having Keenan Lewis with one leg playing than all the other alternatives. How about that that breakup, that third down pass yeah. breakup he had yeah. on one leg? That was incredible. But, you know, I'm going to uh, throw this out there. I think, you know, we've talked about this before, the lack of leadership, the Saints just being so much younger on defense. And, um, you know, there's a changing of the guard a little bit with – who the leaders are and mm-hmm. that, that I think that's kind of the impression that this unit really needed. They needed some guy to go out there and obviously it was Keenan, but just to, just to go out there and say, look, I'm going to sack up. I'm injured. You know, I'm, I'm putting my career on the line, my season on the line. I don't even care because it's all about winning and I'm, I'm going to fight for you guys and I'm going to try to make a play. And I, I almost feel like in a sense, sometimes Maybe with foot, football, I, I sometimes think with football, you look for um, kind of reference moments mm-hmm. in a season to kind of turn things around and when you're struggling. And I feel like even in the loss, that's something that hopefully you can point back to and say, you know, that was the time when the defense grew up because Keenan Lewis said, you know what, through thick and thin, we're, we're going we're gonna to go out there, we're going to compete. And I think that's what this team needs to see right now. So I hope it's a big positive. I, I, I kind of have uh, – I kind of hope that it makes an impact, and I think it could. 
Well, uh, you, I mean, you, you know that I sit behind the bench, you know, yeah. for all the home games. And I mean, if you follow me on Twitter during the game, I, I usually try to be pretty quick about anything I see that happens on the bench as far as injuries yeah. and, and, and I got to say, you, you kind of beat the media to the punch a yeah, well, decent, we, well, a decent have, amount. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a, just as good a view of what's going on on the bench as anybody out there, you know, on the sideline. And and so I, I do feel and Andrew, thank you. But I, and I do feel like that is you know, the one thing that I can offer Saints fans during a home game is that I can I can kind of get info out there um, ASAP. And I usually try try to. And, I mean, I, I saw Keenan Lewis come off the field, and, and I, I was intently following him throughout the entire process. And um, and I, I wasn't surprised when they carted him off the field. And I thought for sure not only was he definitely not coming back in this game, but I, I was – legitimately concerned that maybe he had torn his ACL or or his MCL or something like that and he was going to be done for the year. If he misses time if he misses any kind of time uh and we'll go quick around the horn on this one. If he misses any kind of time, how big of a dent does that put into the Saints chances to win the South? It would be a huge it would be a crushing blow and 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 I think that's why you've got to be concerned. And I'm still concerned. You know, he came off the field. He was very pissed off. He was very upset. He knew that he had a serious injury. He slammed the table mm-hmm. when he came off the field. He's being circled by trainers and Greg Bensel and, and all those guys while they're doing whatever. They carted him to the locker room. He came out with with uh, with a knee brace on, and I'm sure they shot him up. I'm sure they gave him a shot. And I, I when I when he came back, I, I was. I had to have been the most surprised person in the building. <laughs> uh, having watched every, the whole thing unfold, I, I, lit, I could not believe that he was coming back out onto the field. And I'm, and I'm absolutely not surprised when they tweeted that picture of his knee and what it looked like. That didn't shock me at all. You could tell. I mean, I could tell. I watched him the whole time. He, he, he was wincing constantly, running, jogging, working out. I knew that he was playing through a lot of pain um, throughout the entire game. Every series he came off and he limped and he – Worked on it and, and kept fiddling with his knee. Um, I will say that I'm a big Keenan Lewis fan now. Um, he he earned a lot of respect in my book playing yeah, through well, that. I think he earned the respect of everyone. Yeah, I, I, and I he's a hometown kid. So. He yeah. is. He's from the West Bank, and I mean, and it, 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 this that, but this kind of stuff really puts into perspective how these NFL players, how these football guys, put themselves on the line, put their bodies on the line, and what they go through and what they play through. Um, you you really have to respect it. I mean, and and so, and, a, and an injury like this, and, and with, without him going back out there, I mean, he 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 certainly did more damage. Whatever injury he had initially, he probably caused more damage by going out there and finishing the rest of the game. Yeah. And 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 it may even be something that you know, even this one incident that he may have he may have lingering effects for the rest of his life that he may have to deal with. Um, and he's doing this just so he just so the Saints can maybe win a game against the Niners. Well, and and the fact that they lost this game, if I was Keenan Lewis, I would be very pissed off. You couldn't even win it for me. I'm I'm out here uh, hobbling on one goddamn leg, and you know you can't even stop a, a fourth and ten pass. Uh, you know it's it's it was it, it was extra frustrating because. Yeah. Um, Kevin, Dave's boyfriend, Mark Ingram, is now 11th in the NFL in rushing. Um, That's something. It is something. But, but Kevin, you know, eventually Pierre Thomas and Kyrie Robinson are going to get back. 
But has Ingram showed over the last three weeks that, you know what? They don't need to go back to no timeshare. I'm the guy, and maybe he won't get as many carries as he's gotten the last few weeks, but he's going to get more than the other two, and he's going to get more than he's ever gotten in the three-headed monster that we've seen. Well, I, I, I that was a nice burp. Um, I think that you know, keep him evaluated medically because I was under the impression that that there was a risk of you know that he could be you know, limited on Sunday because there was still some sort of lingering thing with him. And he went out and played the whole game and he, and he looked good again. But if, if Pierre and um, Kyrie Robinson come back and they're fine. And if Ingram needs, you know, if Ingram needs a game to just sort of rest and, and take off, I'd be fine with that. Now, all, all things being equal, I say stick with the hot hand um, obviously Pierre's got to get his touches because as, as we've established before, uh, Pierre Thomas still plays for keeps. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, look, the Frenchy screen is still, awesome. is still, is still a, a, a powerful weapon. Yeah. The Frenchy screen, this Frenchy screen, the Frenchy screen might've been a Something they could have used yesterday. The, fen- the Frenchie scream is also something that exists. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> Andrew, you gave Drew Brees a D plus for your grades today. Wow, I might have an issue with that. Uh, didn't you? I think you did, right, Andrew? Yep. Yep. Um, is this kind of what we're gonna have for Drew Brees the rest of the year? Where like he'll be, he'll have really good games, but the Bad Drew Brees is going to reappear more and more. Is this kind of just kind of what we're going to have to live with the rest of 2014, you think? I sure hope not. I mean, I still believe um, that the, these turnovers that, that are just happening, the, these binge turnover games, um, that he can clean this up. I mean, I, I feel like he can still go on a run here of three or four weeks without a turnover. Um, and we, we it, it's been so long since he's, I think he's had one game this year where he hasn't turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been so long, but, um, you know, I really feel like if he can just get on a stretch where he's taking good care of the football and, and playing at a higher level, you know, I, I mean, one thing that, you know, you watch these statistics and you watch Aaron Rodgers, you know, throw for six touchdowns and a half and, you know, Peyton Manning, he seems like he's yeah, but doing NBC it every week. A high school team from Chicago on you. Yeah, well, it's true, but I'm just saying we haven't seen that from Breeze yet. I mean, and and granted, the, the Saints are running the football so well that um, you know they're getting a lot of scores on the ground, which is uncommon, and that's maybe taking away some touchdown passes from Breeze. But at the same time, I, I just think that that should be helping Breeze. That shouldn't be hurting him. You know, the running game being that that's what's so confusing to me about all this is the Saints are running the ball so effectively. And yet they're getting 100 yards every week from Mark Ingram. Um, I think they've rushed for under 100 yards in like one or two games this year. And yet Breeze can't protect the football. It makes no sense. Well, here, Dave, that cluster at the end of the first half, when you combine the throw into triple coverage and the horrible clock management. Guys, that- I got to go. You got to go? All right. Yep, I'm sorry to cut you See off. You, Kev. Right. See ya. Bye. All right. Well, we got, we got, uh, we got good held. We got a fetus growing out of Keenan Lewis's leg. So it was a good 30 minutes from held. Um, Dave, uh, 
what was I asking you? Oh, about, about throwing in a triple coverage? Yeah, about the, the, the throw in a triple coverage and the clock management botch at the, at the end of the half. That is as bad of an end of game situation I think I've ever seen Sean Payton and Drew Brees pull off. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they, they've, in the, in the past, there have been other situations. No, where, don't downplay it. It was awful. Come on. I'm not downplaying it. It wasn't, it, okay, it wasn't what good. Was worse? Let's, let's not hold back the punches here. I mean, if we're going to criticize something, that's up there for the worst in the game, along with the fourth and 10, 51 yard pass. Well, okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'll address both of you. First of all, Ralph wanted to know which what, what's worse. He wants me to come up with a specific situation. I, I don't have the incredible Saints memory total recall that the two of you guys have, so I can't just. <laughs> I mean, you guys have like some mental fucking rolodex of every goddamn Saints play that ever occurred, and you can just recall that shit in a heartbeat. Okay. I, yeah, I, you know, I might have done too many drugs in college, where I I, I yeah. blew that portion of my brain, but. Um, so I, I can't give you a specific example, but I, I, I feel like, you know, you know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton are not perfect game clock managers. They, they've, they've made yeah. mistakes before. Um, but to, 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 to talk about, um, you know, Andrew's D plus grade and, and I'm not pulling any punches here and I'm not holding back. Um, you know, Drew certainly, and and he he's the first to admit it that he's got to stop turning the ball over, and I'm I'm glad that he recognizes it recognizes it, and I'm glad he, that he you know he says these things in press conferences. Now, obviously, the next step is you know the stop first step is turn. yeah the first step is admitting you have a problem. The second step is stop fucking turning over the ball. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know I don't I don't know if he's worthy of a D plus because while the Saints may have gotten into a hole to start the game because of Drew Brees. I don't think that they get themselves out of that hole without Drew Brees. The twenty, the the, the touchdown to make it twenty-one seventeen was spectacular. I, I mean, and that's exactly yeah. where I'm going with this round. That was incredible. I, I mean, I mean, that's a fucking play that I, I won't compare it to the Manning, the the Eli Manning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl where where he scrambles and then and then they make the you know and, and they make the helmet catch against his helmet, but. Uh, for him to get away from from that guy, do a little spinorama hockey move there, and then immediately find Jimmy Graham and throw it to Jimmy Graham at the front of the end zone. Yeah. I mean, Cam that's Newton a, just that's... threw another pick. Great. Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is this sounds like it's this game is going very well for the Saints. Uh, well, I would say this: not not that Dave and, and Andrew, not that the, there's the... only a hand. There's only three, maybe there's only maybe three quarterbacks in the NFL that can make that play. And I got news for you: I don't think Peyton Manning or Tom Brady are one of those players. No. To be honest, no, but I was going to say, and, and Andrew, you, you can answer this too. Um, that play, I know it's not the most important throw that Drew Brees has made, or the best, or whatever. But no, it could be the best. That could be the whole. Could as be far as like a holy shit play that Drew Brees made, I'm having a hard time picking out specific ones where you're like, oh my god, that was a. Well, he had another one. I mean, he pulled a couple Houdini acts in that game, you know. And and you know, look, he got a bad grade, but uh, there were definitely some moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he threw three touchdown passes. Uh, the touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham on on uh, third and goal to to put the Saints up late in the game was a big one too. I mean, yeah. he he located that ball perfectly. I mean, I know it looks easy because it's a short throw, but he had to place that perfectly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he pulled a Houdini act on that play. And uh, you know, if you remember the Jonathan Goodwin snap, um, where yeah. you have to pick the ball up off the ground and he turns it into a five or six yard gain, uh, that was pretty incredible too. So um, Drew definitely made some plays. I think. For me, it's just uh, the culmination of 
these th- these turnovers that continue to come back and haunt the Saints. You know, again, look, if you're going to lose the game on defense, that's fine. Um, but to turn the ball over, this is now the second time he's done this with the game on the line where basically all the other team needs is a score to win, uh, to turn it over in your own red zone at the end of the game like that. Um, you just lost the game. I mean, that's yeah. it. You, He's you've got to have better. You've got to have better ball security than that. Yeah, and the the thing is, it's not talked about. And it wasn't. It was Kenny Stills. Was it in overtime that he got wide open and Breeze missed him? No, that was like in the third quarter, I think. Yeah, maybe. Okay, but yeah. I mean, his. It, but I, I guess, Dave, how do you feel? Are we? I still feel. In spite of Drew Brees' struggles, and I worry that he may be up and down the rest of the year, I still feel really good about this offense. I mean, San Francisco is the number two overall defense, and they dropped 425 yards on them. How are you feeling going forward about the offense? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just – I mean, this one really took some the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, the, the loss to the Falcons, that was one thing, and then the loss to the Lions, that's another thing, and – I, I mean, it's just there's there's only so much punishment that we can take <laughs> as Saints fans. You know, there was that one guy, I don't even know who it was, just some random Saints fan, I guess, who had that tweet after the game. It's, I think it said something like, you know, this this loss feels worse than the one against the Lions, which feels worse. Than I don't know if I agree about with yeah. the one. You know, I mean, it's just like I, 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 I just kind of gotten to a point where it's it's. It's, again, there's just really only so much we can take. I mean, how many, how many, how many of these should have been, could have been losses? Can we, can can we really take? And I mean, if if this was really a a, a playoff or a, a Super Bowl contending team, I just feel like we'd be on the other side of these games. Well, how much of we're it, not? How much of the the, the Andrew and, and this is a theory I didn't put in my column, but I was thinking about it today. Is that you can tie all of the Saints' losses, Atlanta, um, Detroit, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, and this yeah. one. For the five, you can tie directly, I think, to the fact that when you're up a score or less, under two minutes to go, and you have a gaping hole in your secondary, that is a recipe for disaster and it, you can tie it to each one of these games, and that's a weakness that ain't getting fixed. It doesn't mean that the Saints can't win the South because the South is terrible. We'll get to that in a second. But that whole – it's just – you can't fucking fix that, and this is just the way it's going to be. Well, and, and if, you're, if your weak secondary is ever going to get exposed, it's in the two-minute drill yes. where teams are going pass, 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 um, you know, de- desperate for big chunks of yards. Uh, to get down the field and in what do you, a position. What do you to do score. if you're Rob Ryan in that spot? What do you do if, if you if you're Rob Ryan and you know I have a gaping hole at corner and it's the last two minutes of the game? If if you're him, Andrew, what do you try to do schematically? It's hard. It's hard, man. Because look, you you can decide to blitz and expose some of these guys in in single coverage, and the blitz the blitzing hasn't worked very well for the Saints. Um, you know they don't really have a lot of guys that blitz that well. I mean when they're blitzing. Curtis Lofton up the middle or Paris Harrelson off the edge. These are not great blitzing linebackers. Um, so they don't really have a lot of guys that are effective at getting to the quarterback besides mm-hmm. Gallette and, and, and Jordan. They've really got two guys. Um, and so I, I just think it's, it's hard to, to blitz 
um, because then you're leaving these guys out on an island. So I think what, what he ends up doing a lot of times, Rob Ryan, is rushing three and dropping eight into coverage, um, you know, or at least rushing four and dropping seven into coverage and just hoping that he's got enough guys back there um, that he that it makes for a hard throw, and, and yet guys are still becoming open. Um, so it, it, it's going to be a struggle all year, I really think. It, if the Saints are in close games, um, you know, look, they were lucky against Tampa. Mike Glennon, not a great quarterback. They were missing Mike Evans, their number two receiver. So, um, you know, they were fortunate there. But I think anytime you, you're in a two-minute two drill situation and the Saints need to stop, um, it's going to be tough because the secondary flat out just isn't good enough. And it, it's not just the number two corner. It's, you know, also your safety in Kenny uh-huh. Vaccaro, um, who's struggled mightily this year. Uh-huh. Dave, uh, the NFC South is the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Um, you have been adamant, adamant the last like three weeks. And about- I know where I know what you're about to ask, Dave. And I'm, before you finish that sentence, and Dave answers. I'm just going to throw this out right now. Watching the Panthers, I feel like the Falcons are a bigger threat yes. than the NFC South. <laughs> yes. Because I'm I'm sad Kevin. I'm, serious. Lo- I'm sad that Kevin lost because he's our wrestling go-to guy and. If you're a wrestling fan, even if you're a casual wrestling fan like I was when I was little or now, you know that wrestling has this thing. It's called Loser Leaves Town where the, you lose the match and you have to leave the town. It's a whole setup. But I think next week Carolina and Atlanta is a Loser Leaves Town match because one of them is going to have four wins and the other one's going to be a total disaster. But, Dave, you have been adamant that somebody in the South is going to win ten games. No, I don't think I said somebody in the South is going to win 10 games. I, I said, I think 10, I said last week, I said 10 games, the Saints could win 10 games and that 10 games would definitely win the division. I, I think, I think somebody will definitely win nine games. Oh my God. So you're still sticking to that. You, Andrew, yeah. do you believe that? that it that, very well might be the Falcons for all you know, oh my. like you just said. You think, is somebody in the South winning nine games, Andrew? No, no. Yeah, I'm still going to no. stick to that. I mean, because look, for 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 Carolina, I mean, the Saints are the only ones that have even a remote chance of getting nine wins because Carolina, they lose tonight. They can't get it. And for Atlanta to get it, they would have their three. They would have to go six and one. So uh, I just don't see. I mean, Carolina, I mean, Cam Newton looks awful and he's getting hit on every play. I mean, the Carolina's offensive line is. is, is And I'll say this. And it. Dave, I feel like we make fun of Mike Smith a lot, but I feel like Mike Smith is a way, way better coach than Rivera, and he can keep Atlanta trying hard the rest of the year. I don't know about Carolina. I feel like they're really close to packing it in. Are you sure they haven't already? (laughs) Are you watching this game? I am. Dave, your thoughts. My thoughts on what, the NFC South? Yeah, like you – if I told if I told if I told you the Saints are going eight and eight, how yes. confident would you be that they're going to win the division? Uh, at this point, I would be pretty confident because <laughs> I would say that um, because mathematically, I would say at least. I mean, they because because they still have to play their division opponents. So, yeah. I, I I mean, assuming assuming they beat all three of their 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 division opponents 
because they have to play Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay again one more time. Um, so if they got to eight and eight, and assuming they won those three division games, and I would say it's it's a lock. But um, you know, at at this point, eight and eight probably does win the division. But again, I still think the Saints could get to nine nine and seven, or somebody could get to nine and seven. Andrew, if I offered you eight and eight right now, would you take it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because you're 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 offering me four and three for the next seven games. I mean, that's a winning record. I'd take it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's gonna get. I mean, here's the question though. How? how... Now, if they go eight and eight, though, they've got to win out in the NFC South. So I right, I, I do right. think I do think three of those four wins Have would to need be. to be in in interdivision. To you to need all off. the NFC South wins, and you need uh, right. and you need Chicago. Yeah, or Baltimore, which is fine because two of those three NFC South games are at home. I don't know. I still feel pretty good about Cincinnati next week. Yeah, Sunday. we'll get to that and we'll get to that in just a bit. Is, and then you got to feel good against about the Ravens. I mean, Ravens are a good team, but it, it's a it's a it's a prime time game in the dome. So yeah, and the thing is, the AFC North is propped up by the shittiness of the South. So you know what I'm saying? You could look you could look at that game and you could be like, Oh, the Ravens are two games better than the Saints. That's kind of a mystery. No, because the the Cleveland and Pittsburgh, they've all got to kick the shit out of the, the NFC South, which inflates their record. Right. Um before we get to the well, fuck it. Let's just get to the Twitter questions. Uh Dave, mm-hmm. um, do you think Graham could or should have still caught the pass? If Cox didn't flop. Oh, I already answered this question. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I, first of all, I don't think he needed to push Cox. And had he not pushed Cox, he, he still would have caught that ball. Yeah. Uh, this is from JFF. Should we, Andrew, should we call it the Cox flop or flop gate? <laughs> uh, I like flop gate. I mean, isn't that kind of the token yeah. thing yeah. now? We just add gate to gate everything, to and that that makes it official. But this uh, is, I like I like floppy cocks. This is this is also from the gear fondler, Dave. If Keenan Lewis can play on one leg, why can't Jabari Greer unretire, please? <laughs> um, honestly, uh, uh, during during the game yesterday, I would have to say Jabari Greer knee. Was probably healthier than uh, uh, than than Keenan Lewis's. Andrew, is it fair to really be critical of Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton for not fixing the second corner? Absolutely, well, yeah, absolutely. To. I mean, you know, Champ Bailey was a valiant effort, I guess. Um, but shouldn't but that, they that's... shouldn't they have picked my biggest my biggest complaint now, and it's a total second guess is, you know. They they we knew that this 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 uh this roster was really close to being Super Bowl ready. If you're gonna pick a corner in the second round, and you know you might have a gaping hole if Champ Bailey doesn't work out, shouldn't they have picked a more pro ready corner than the Pirate John Baptiste? You know, I, I will say this. I mean, who knows how Jean Baptiste's uh, career is gonna play out? We don't. Uh, but if ten weeks into the season. You know he's god awful for the first couple games, and then he, but then a half year later he's progressed like Teron Armstead. Then I think we're gonna feel pretty good about it. Yeah. And I, I, I I think it's one of those things where, you know, you have to just draft the the prospects that you like, and yeah. some guys, some some draft picks are NFL ready, like Brandon Cooks, like Ken, Kenny Stills was. 
Um, it's not always going to be that way. Sometimes, like Meacham or Devery Henderson, they need a year to be seasoned to develop. And, you know, you look at, like, Streif or, or Bushrod um, or Stinchcomb, those are offensive linemen that took a while to develop. I mean, three, four years, and then by the time they were in the starting lineup, uh, they were very, very solid players. And so um, I don't think the writing's on the wall for Jean-Baptiste, and I, I don't think it's fair to be frustrated that he's not in the game and not producing as a second round pick, because sometimes it just takes time. And I think we'll look back and hopefully still really like that pick. If two years from now, he's a quality starter. Um, If he's not playing, it just simply means he's not ready yet. All right. Okay. Okay. All all those, all those players that you just named, Kenny Stills, Brandon cooks, Zach Streif, John Stinchcomb, Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Jermon Bushrod. Do you notice one similarity among all of those players? Can, can you can you find the similarity from all those players? That they're they all have... offense. They all play fucking yeah. offense. <laughs> Name a fucking defensive player that they have drafted. Where, where, where junior? They, well, Junior Glad wasn't drafted, but he's he was a an guy. undrafted free agent. These fucking yeah. whoever the fuck the Saints have evaluating defensive talent. Okay, for the okay. Draft Akeem class. Hicks. Akeem Hicks. He's a guy that year one. Didn't really produce, didn't really play much. Year two, he was supposed to be a backup. He came in for Kenyon Coleman after he was injured and has since become a pretty good starter. Um, year, th- year three, how's he doing year three? Eh, he hadn't progressed like we had hoped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly, last, exactly. last year he had a great year. No, but it's, but. A, it's, a, no, but it's, a, fair, it's a fair point. A- any of those, they have not developed, they have not developed any defensive player, I would say, even to the level of of a Zach Streif, where he's right. just a solid, really consistent starter, because he kicked inconsistent. And, and what's worse, what's worse is that they, some some of these guys that they draft, they ship off to the New England Patriots, and then they fucking become starters on the New England fucking Patriots. That's one guy, right? Just Nikovich. Well, all right, yeah. all right. Here's a question for you, Andrew. And this is from Ma- it is. And this is from Mandela. Is it just me or is Mandela? Har- is that how you say that? Monadula. Monadula. Is it just me or is Harbaugh's face something a sketch artist would draw given a description of pure evil? <laughs> I mean, that guy's faces really are unbelievable. Um, you know, I remember Gruden um, having some really special camera faces, and uh, Harbaugh just puts him to shame. He really does. Yeah. All right, let's see. It's not so much evil as it is just creepy and disturbing. Yeah, he looked. You know what? You know what, Jim Harbaugh. He reminds me of a guy who is at your family dinner table and he starts talking about Amway and he gets really excited. <laughs> and he wants to talk to you about a business opportunity there where you and your family can make money quickly. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's a totally a pyramid. It's like it's like Tourette's mixed with brain aneurysm. Look on his face every time. Um, is the Saints game? <laughs> a, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Uh, who on this team can make a play on defense? Uh, Breeze is an interception a game, and Colston is a drop a game. Party's over four and twelve. That's not really a question, JC. <laughs> That's just venom. Your your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I can. I I would bet house money. I would I would bet my life savings that the Saints will win another game this year. Yeah, hey, four and twelve is a bit dramatic. Can I, can you be a little bit more dramatic there, buddy? Come on. 
Uh, I had a question, and me, like I think I think me and Andrew were, were talking about it before the podcast, um, and I don't remember who it was from, but they basically they basically tweeted, "Is it time to forget about 2014 because of all these frustrating losses and just worry about getting a better draft pick for 2015?" Ugh, I hate no. You questions. know what? I, this yeah, ain't I your hate, first place. I know. Fuck. And and I and I hate these questions because you know uh, the the people that ask these questions are obviously. They're telling. To, 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 for, this is a personal opinion now. I'm going to get a little philosophical here. But the, the, people, the people that ask these questions, in my opinion, these are glass half empty people and, and, and they're glass half empty across the board for everything in their life. They, you know, they deep, probably, deep they, thoughts by Dave Descartes. Yeah, they, they, they probably always think the worst about all the situations that occur in their life, in their personal life. You know, you could easily if – if you wanted to be a glass half full person – you could easily look at this and say, you know what, <laughs> you know what, the, these these losses, these are character building. Building losses. loss. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, a, the, I'm the, fucking filled up with character. The, these, the, you know, they they are they are learning how to. They're losing these games and they're learning what not to do. And <laughs> and as the season wears on, as they get closer, when they find themselves in these situations later in the season. They're going to be able to recall these learning situations and they're going to and they're going to use that and they're going to do the opposite. And they're going to and they're going to, you know, at some point it's all going to click. And uh, and these these close games that maybe earlier this season turned into losses, maybe later in the season, they're going to start turning into wins. So so if you want to be a glass half empty, you know, that's fine. You're. That's your right as an American. You're allowed to do that, but you know you're just gonna you're gonna give your, yourself an ulcer if you if you live your life like that. Uh, my I, 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 I'm gonna throw one other thing out there. When when you jockey for draft position, I I just think drafting second or drafting twelfth or whatever. It promises nothing. I mean, you can still botch a top five pick. We see teams do it yeah. all the time. Raiders. You know, the Saints. The Saints got a great player in Brandon Cooks. I think they traded up to get him around twenty. And if you look at all the players that were drafted ahead of Cooks, how many are going to end up having better NFL careers? Probably not that many. And so the point is, I think it's less about where you pick, where you're slotted to pick, and more about your scout team having faith in your scout team having faith in that your evaluators of talent um, being able to turn, turn in a pick that's going to develop over time and be a quality player for your team. So I, I just think it, it it's more on doing your homework and hitting on a, on a talented player well, and this is, than it is where you're slotted. I, I just and think I, with the saints, that's pretty much going to be an offensive player. Yeah. And the back. thing, and the thing is, the <laughs> thing, the thing is with the, with this whole thing, the saints are in first place. God damn it. And, you can't bail on that. If you are worried about getting a better draft pick over a chance to go to the – if you say, I don't want to go to the playoffs, I want a better draft pick, you're saying, I don't want the Saints to have a chance to win the Super Bowl because that's what getting in the playoffs gets you. Maybe you don't win it, but I can tell you, you can't win the Super Bowl unless you're in the playoffs. So what's the fucking point of being a Saints fan if you'd rather have the draft picks than a playoff game? Yeah, and look, Ralph, two two points. Number one, we've seen the Steelers, we've seen the Giants have horrific seasons. 
get into the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. And the so NFC it's, it's, this year, it's been done. This, so that's that's the first point I'll make. Number two, if you were a fan of the Saints in the early '90s and in the late '80s, like both Ralph and I yeah. were, then you'll remember all the times the Saints had ridiculous teams with double-digit wins, and they could never win their fucking division because the 49ers were always 14 yeah. and two, yes. and it didn't matter how good they were because every year the 49ers were a game better, and they never won the NFC West, yeah. and so. You know what this is? This is payback for all those years that they were in the hardest division in football. And by the way, the Rams were ridiculously good around that time, too. The Saints finished in a three-way tie at 10-6 and six in 80-88. Three-way tie, and they didn't make the playoffs. No, they didn't make the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know so, how. you know what? If they go 7-9 and nine and win the division, it's just I'm going to take it because for all those years I had to suffer through great Saints teams that couldn't win a division because they were – pitted against Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, then I will take it. Yeah. Dave, this is and and, and Andrew Andrew mentioned something else too. You know, he mentioned the Giants and the Steelers, you know, sort of backing into the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. And I and I mean I have to say that I would say since about week two or week three, I have had the two thousand seven Giants in in the back of my mind all along. I I, I feel like as a Saints fan and, and for all the other Saints fans I think that's that's sort of the model that well, you need to look if at. If this and team you, stops and turning the goddamn football over, they're going to start putting well, forty points on teams and, every and, week. And yeah, and, the, and, and and they can and they could just and they could easily go into the Super Bowl and beat an undefeated New England Patriots team. I mean, strange things have happened, well, and strange and things will continue to happen. And I, I think if you're looking for a model, if you're looking for a beacon of light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I think the 2007 Giants team is is kind of who you have to look well, at and say, look, I, I these think, guys did it, and the Saints could maybe do it. I think that's true, but here's the and thing. We're not, the thing is, we're not even saying the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I, if you no. ask me yes or no, are they going to do it, I would say of course not. But no. the point is they're in first place. Let, let's root to get in the playoffs because if the season ends today – that's where we're going. Host this, Dallas. We get point, host Dallas. Um, yeah, no, I mean, at this point, if they make it to the division round of the in the, in the, of the playoffs, I would I would consider that uh, incredible. Well, here's the thing with me and the NFC this year. Of all the years, this is the year you won in to this party. I mean, some years you look at like 2009 when the Saints were awesome and Minnesota was awesome and Dallas was really good. You could look at it and be like. An eight and eight team isn't doing shit in the playoffs. You still want to go, obviously, but you're not going deep. This year, Arizona's got the best record. They just lost their quarterback. The Saints housed Green Bay. Uh, they should have beat Detroit. Uh, Philadelphia, they're kicking Carolina's ass. I think that I think Philadelphia's a really nice team. But Tony Romo's one hit away from his career being done. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you got in, if the Saints would get in and they would host. Seattle or Dallas in that first game. That would be a really fucking hard game. But if you go to Arizona and you get to face – who's their quarterback now? Uh, Drew Stanton? <laughs> I mean if you go – if you get to face Drew – if you beat Tony Romo and you get to face Drew Stanton and Mark Sanchez to the road to the Super Bowl, I'm not saying they could do it, but I'm saying it's a 25% shot, 30%. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's that's so the, you're saying there's a chance I'm saying there's a chance. Dumb and Dumber is coming out next week. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, too. All right. Let's get to the, Andrew. That's it for the Twitter questions or what we have. I think so. Uh, let's get to Cincinnati. 
Uh, Dave, I don't know if you caught Andy Dalton on Thursday, last Thursday. Uh, but no. that was the worst quarterback game I think I've ever watched. Oh, yeah, actually, I did. I did watch that. I mean, he was like 8 of 34. I mean, it was it was bad. Yeah, but you know what the Saint, you know what the Saints defense is a good recipe for fixing that. Yep. Yeah. Um well, Dave, how do you feel how do you feel going into Cincinnati and since Carolina's going to lose, um is it a must win Sunday? Well, I mean, you know, I I, I kind of feel like just about all the games here on out are must win for the Saints. But that being said, I would say if um, if there was one game left on the schedule that they could lose, it would be either Cincinnati or Baltimore simply because they're AFC opponents. And as far as the standings and playoff contention are concerned, losing one of those two games would hurt them uh, a good bit less than losing to an NFC opponent or even worse, uh, an NFC South opponent. So, you know, we all, none of us, I, I don't think, think the Saints are going to win out the rest of the but, season. But, by the way, Cam Newton just had his fifth turnover. Yeah. <laughs> well, my uh, theory was with I'm sure Car- Ralph started him in fantasy. I didn't. You know, I started, San- <laughs> I started, San- I started Sanchez in fantasy tonight. Well, that was actually a good start. Because the thing is, I forgot that Tom Brady was on a bye, and I waited too long, and Roethlisberger was locked. So I had to pick up a quarterback and start him. So I had to pick up Sanchez. Um, And I'm going to win in fantasy tonight, starting Mike Glennon in one of my leagues. Wow. Because it's a 12-team league, and I forgot that Phillip Rivers was on a bye, and I didn't claim a quarterback. And I I didn't realize that Mike Glennon wasn't the starting quarterback for Tampa anymore. I am a fantasy retard, is what I am. Um, as far as Cincinnati goes, uh, thirteen to thirty-nine for Mr. Andy Dalton, and Cleveland ran for a hundred and seventy against them in Cincinnati. Thirtieth um, off defense in the NFL. Thirtieth. Thirty-first against the run. Yep. One hundred and forty-three yards a game. So, Dave, my question to you is, is your boyfriend going for a C-note again? Uh, no. I think, um, I think the ride's probably over. You know, he, he may rush for 100 yards again this season, but I, I just, I would be in shock if, if, if it was for four straight games. And I've got to assume at some point Kyrie or, or Pierre is going to, get healthy this week and one of them is going to come back Uh, to be quite honest with you. I really cannot believe that he ran for a hundred yards on Sunday against, uh, against the Niners, especially when, when they got down early, I even tweeted, I was like, well, I guess we're not going to be really seeing much of Mark Ingram for the rest of this game. Cause I I thought for sure that um, Peyton was going to start calling a pass heavy game and try and play catch up and abandon the run. But uh, again, to my surprise, he he kind of still stuck with it. So, uh, you know that that could be a sign that just that says I'm wrong. You know that that would prove that I'm wrong, and and maybe Peyton has turned a corner on the rushing game, and maybe he is willing to devote and dedicate to, to the run, regardless of of what the situation in the game is. But um, I I just got to think that 
um, it's going to catch up to Ingram physically and he's going to slow down a little bit. And, uh, and also they're going to change it up so that teams don't start keying in on Mark Ingram and, and uh, you know, and selling out to stop him. So I, I'd be shocked if he, if he, if he surpasses a hundred yards again for the four straight game. Uh, Andrew, how big of a deal is it if Keenan Lewis can't go as far as guarding AJ Green and and uh, Muhammad Sanu, does it become a shootout game at that point? You think it could? It very well could. I mean, I think uh, if there's one thing um, you know that Cincinnati has, it's it's a couple big, long, fast receivers, um, and of course Jeremy Hill's running the ball pretty they well. Have for two, them they too. have two. They have two running backs with four. Yeah. So I, you know, I think they they could absolutely hurt the Saints defense. Um, you know, obviously crowd noise, hopefully the crowd, you know, gets into it. And I, I thought the crowd overall was obviously they were taken out of the game a little bit early. And it seemed like in the second half, the dome got pretty loud. And, and, and Andy better. Dalton, I don't know. Look, PF pro football focus stats and the advanced stats, we, we've sort of turned against them with their horrible line grading of the Saints. But Andy Dalton against pressure is god awful. Well, well, the Saints don't get much pressure, so um, we'll see about that. But, you know, no, I, I think the main thing is they just can't start like they did against the Niners. Um, you know, they can't start like they did against Cleveland. You know, the Saints need to get off to a better start. And, uh, you know, if, if they can get in the game early, get the crowd amped up and into it from the first snap. Um, defensively, I think – I really think the Saints just need to run the football more. And, and I know that that seems crazy when they've gotten 100 yards out of Mark Ingram and in you know, mid-20s to 30 carries these last few weeks. But um, I, I really think there needs to be an emphasis this week, even if they throw the ball 20 times in the game or less. It's got to be we wow. do not turn the ball over under any circumstance. We run the b- football down their throats. We have to live with punting if that's what it takes, but we do not turn the football over. And I, I, I just think Cincinnati, you've got a struggling quarterback. You've got great crowd noise. You've got a running game that's working. You're playing a team that can't stop the run. That's got to be the recipe for Andy success. Dalton. Andy Dalton is I think not. Not he's not like a quarter, a bad quarter away from getting benched, but he's, I think, like a, an interception in the first quarter, or like say he plays like Cam Newton did tonight, where they have an interception and a fumble to start. I think you could get him in another death spiral really easily. So with that, Dave, give me a prediction and give me a MVP. All right. Well. My prediction, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say that the Saints uh, come out pissed, um, and they, uh, they abuse the Bengals, uh, make them their whipping, whipping post. Yeah. And uh, so I'm gonna say uh, 45 Ooh. to 14, Saints. And wow. <laughs> every time Dave does this shit, they come out <laughs> flat every time. Yeah. And um, MVP for the game, I am going to go with oh, 45 points. It's got to be somebody on offense. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. 
Uh, well, I'll say this. If Pierre Thomas plays and he's healthy and returns, I'll, I'll make it Pierre Thomas. If he's not healthy, I am going to go with... The rumors I've heard is that Kyrie will be back for this game, but PT but will not. not. PT. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that if, could be dead wrong, but that's just what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. And Okay, well, if, and if PT is not injured, I'm going to go... Or if, if PT is still out, I'm going to go with... Man, this is tough. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I want to say Nick Toon, but I'm not stupid. No. <laughs> Joe Morgan. <laughs> um, yeah, shit. I'll go with. You know what? No, I'll go with somebody on defense. I'm gonna go with. You know who I'll go with? I will go with Akeem Hicks. Mm, nice choice, Andrew. Uh, I think the Saints are going to once again turn the football over late in the game and give Cincinnati a chance to win it. And uh, despite having 200 yards on the ground and a chance to milk it, uh, they decide to throw the ball because Sean Payton can't help himself. Oh, Lord. And uh, so I'm going to say the Bengals steal this one at the gun, 24-23. And... uh, I guess the the uh, the player of the game, I'll give it to Jeremy Hill. Who? Oh my God! Are you just <laughs> the Saints alive? Uh, I'm going with reverse jinx here. That, that seemed to work better for me this year. Yeah, uh, people are begging me. I Philadelphia won and kept me from going 0 and 5 in my picks, and I'm a sweltering 18 and 20. I'm a, I'm a I'm 19 and 28 picking games for the Channel 4 column, which is atrocious. Just I haven't picked the Bengals. Just pick them. I haven't picked this. I haven't picked do the it, Saints. Do it. Do it for New Orleans, Ralph. I haven't picked the Saints game correct since Minnesota. Uh, I'm torn don't, about. Don't do it. Don't do I, it, Ralph. I'm gonna. Uh, Think I'm of gonna, the greater good. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your scenario, Andrew, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be a little bit worse. It's gonna be it's gonna be thirty four twenty one Cincinnati and that uh their Saints are gonna be driving to go ahead, but Bree's gonna throw a pick six and they're gonna lose thirty four twenty one. And they're gonna be four and six and still be in first place, but tied with Atlanta. Because Atlanta's going to go to Carolina and beat. Well, then wouldn't Atlanta be in first place? Well, then, yeah. Well, then, the yeah. Atlanta would be in first place because they would hold the tiebreaker. And Mike Smith will get a five-year extension. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm really torn about this game. I feel like... All right, so it's so it's officially in the bag for the Saints now that Ralph... Yeah, I don't know. I, I might... I, I probably won't flip now that I've done in the pack. But I'm really... I don't know about this game. I, I just... I don't... I'm going in for it. So that's... I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, Cam Newton is getting run the fuck over. And um, so, Andrew, you said it, but I really believe it. Atlanta's the team in the South. I really believe that. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they're more of a threat just because they actually have a, a competent offense. But, you know, I mean. The main reason the Saints are still hanging on for dear life is you've got the Panthers are 25th overall defensively, the Bucks are 29th, and the Falcons are 31st. So the Falcons 
uh, of all these bad defenses we have in the NFC South, and the Saints, by the way, are 19th. So if you think the Saint, if you think the Saints offense, or I'm sorry, the Saints defense has been bad this year, um, well, j- j- just rest assured um, that uh, everyone else in the division. I mean, if you're looking at Carolina, try to stop um, the the Eagles right now. You would know that, that Tampa's that, a little bit Tampa's a little bit baffling because they have McCoy. And they have that really good linebacker. I can't think of his name. That well, really... I mean, shoot, the Saints put up what thirty-seven on them. Yeah, but I mean, the, the T- Tampa Bay. It's sort of confusing because they have McCoy and they have that. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name. The he's outside linebacker, and he's fantastic. Oh, David Levante David. Yeah, Levante yeah. David. Like they have really good. They traded Mark Barron. He was a failure, but they they paid for that corner. Uh, yeah, Werner. Yeah, That's I mean, like that one. I don't like Carolina. I kind of understand because they. They don't have Greg Hardy. They they plugged in a bunch of people in their secondary. Um, I get it. Atlanta's defense was terrible last year. Like I get all of the Tampa. I don't quite understand, but uh, well, Atlanta is the worst of all those teams. Atlanta is the worst. So it, it's one of those things where the Falcons are a threat. But the only way the Falcons can really win games is is by pulling off the shootouts. You know the. The forty-five to forty-one. I mean, that is yeah. literally that's the only way they can really win. Games. And their line's still a train wreck. Yeah, their offensive line. So, all right, I guess we'll uh, thank. Oh yeah, we need donations because we need to pay. We need to pay for this lovely podcast. You need to hear crystal clear sound of Kevin farting and burping and being in a stairwell. Um, or so, just missing the podcast altogether. Oh, missing the podcast altogether. Go to there, donate what you can. We appreciate it. Um, and I promise we're, I'm working with the Podbean people. They, they're telling me we're going to have the Android app so people can listen to it on Android. Uh, but go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave has the comment thread during the game. Andrew's got his grades up. Uh, so go to there. And so... Where, where is that, Ralph? That's the Saints Nation. Oh, okay. The, the, Just making sure you know. Yeah, the Saints Nation. I read your grades every week. I read the grades. And I read I read the five things to look for while I'm oh, eating nice. my, my, my breakfast on Sunday. All right. Or watching Premier League Soccer at, at 8 in the morning. Uh, so go there. And Kevin, of course, is on, on Twitter. Twitter. On Twitter or Tinder <laughs> if you're a lady. <laughs> so for Kevin, for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Until next week, be well. <laughs>